I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Queerest Pathfinder podcast on the planet where it's a hair questions like, what's the renting situation with Eidolons? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, like, okay. In what way? So zoning laws. <laughs> yeah. A zoning law says you can't have more than X amount of people in a house, right? Mm-hmm. How's that work with Eidolons? Do Eidolons count as people legally? It's a manifestation of your soul. So where where does that put it in like a legal stance? Like does this does the Eidolon have citizenship? Does it have a social security number? I feel like it would be based on like actual like residency then. Cuz Eidolons do they sleep like do they eat, sleep, shower? Some like, might. do they do well, then, if they do, then I would say that they might count as a resident. But if they're mostly not, then wouldn't they not? Can can a landlord ethically get away with having in their thing no pets, no familiars, no idolons? No, I think you're gonna get. I think you're gonna get hit by somebody if you. Say that. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't have to have your idolon out at home, do you? I mean, you no. Just but... it. I mean, I guess it's a problem if you like really want to be next to your idolon at all times. Do they charge extra for Eidolons, maybe? <laughs> when you go to a restaurant, do they pull up an extra chair? Do they make them stand? <laughs> do they make them lie on the floor like a dog? Oh my god. Begging for scraps. <laughs> no. Oh, you put them in a baby chair. <laughs> put this fucking dragon in a baby chair. Let's go. Shrink them down. They have their own menus. Take them down a notch. Um, <laughs> did you know that apparently it's not pronounced Eidolon? I don't want to know how it's actually pronounced because the other way is probably really stupid and dumb. And if you say it, you're wrong. So Eidolon comes from an ancient Greek word, uh, which means like figment or like imagination thing or whatever. It's Eidolon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eidolon. Disgusting. That's crazy because we say um, idol, so it's Eidolon. Yeah, but like, fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, why don't you go uh, die? This is the great uh, Magus, Magus, and Magus debate all over again. Okay, whoever says mages, I want you to go away from me. Get the fuck yeah. away. Yeah, Move to a different fucking Ritz, country. They're, ma- they're mages. Yeah, but hey, it's hey. You know the great that great book, the Bible. Remember the tree magi? <laughs> Haven't read it. Remember the tree magi? <laughs> Haven't read it. Not gonna read it. So is it magus? It. Is that maybe what it? Is? I don't. I don't give a fuck. Magus <laughs> sounds cooler. Something I will accept magus. 
I will accept Magus because it sounds kind of sick as hell, but Magus and Magus are the only way to say that. Magus, I want you gone. I want you to walk into the ocean. I don't want you to ever come back, and I'm serious. <laughs> go into the dark. Go there. Go into the dark. Um, would, we, would we like to play some Pathfinder? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Previously in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, our heroes decided to camp out for the night, having fully expended themselves on their journey through Sindara's island. As the sun set on this strange land, they rested for the night inside the instant fortress, only to be awoken by the sudden approach of the Night Parade, a huge group of yokai creatures carrying a palanquin from atop which a strange bard by the name of Laruho played loudly, trying to get your asses. You kicked him back to the Stone Age pretty quickly and uh, met with their leader, a delightful tanuki by the name of Rikanzo, uh, who told you all about these yokai and let you know that they have a market, the Night Market, that opens up every night uh, in the... somewhere in the jungle, uh, and invited you to come stay with them and uh, told you that they'd help repair the Celestial Jian. Meanwhile, you continued finding out more about the past of Hao Jin and Sindara, uh, learned of how Sindara tutored Hao Jin pretty well, honestly, and uh, set out to your next goal, from which you found several from Laruho. The one that you chose to go to next is a jungle observatory, apparently. So that's where uh, you guys are going to be. And uh, I think I'm going to drop you into character. Is that all good by you all? Maybe. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... As you all wake up, Kader is already standing at the edge of the clearing, waiting to be told where you're headed next. Each of you is... I would say it's safe to assume that you're still resting inside the instant fortress, right? In the same position you were earlier? Yeah. Yeah. So, atop a cliff, we are backed to the seas below and overlooking uh, the jungle. That's where you all wake up this morning. I want to ask how each of you is doing... And let you guys talk to each other a little bit before uh, making your way out into the jungle again. So, let's start with you, Masami. Masami, how are you doing as you wake up this morning? I think they're doing alright. Pretty much another day, another challenge on this godforsaken island. <laughs> they're happy that they were able to get the, uh, the other conch and give the man away to the other fucking... The other yokai, they're glad about the yokai being free. How are you feeling about the fact that uh, some old friends are on the island? Oh, yeah, that's on the back of their mind, but I think what they're trying to do right now is focus on what's in the near future rather than later. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're compartmentalizing. You're like, okay, let's look at right now. Yeah. That's what we've got to deal with. Because otherwise, they, w they, they will not rest until the old friends are dealt with. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that might not be the best plan of attack right now. Yeah. Saku, how are you doing this fine, beautiful, strange morning on Sindara's island? I think that after um, relaxing a little bit more after the incident uh, with the puppet master guy, uh, I think he's doing okay. Mostly, I think he's really focused on trying to rescue Tino's toughest and just kick Sindara's butt. Um, personally, I don't 
think that he's very, like, emotionally distressed about anything right now, other than what he's always emotionally distressed about. Hmm. So I, I, th I think he's, I think he's mostly just like, I need to rescue Tino's toughest. That's where I think he's at right now. All right, and uh, Chuji, how are you doing right now, buddy? Man, I, I think that they're still a little bit ticked off from, uh, you know, being woken up like that last night. <laughs> Especially by that fucker. Uh, but Chuji... Chuji's been having a lot of trouble with their thoughts on Haojin again. And they're kind of... I think I mentioned last time, they're kind of fucking over it. And they're really not a big fan of the kind of back and forth... It The, the back and forth toll it takes on them emotionally. Mm -hmm. Because Chuji has in fact based most of their life... Um, off of this person um and her influence on them uh they they really just want to get everything that they can over with so they can get Haojin back and so that they can stop thinking about this and they can go and live their life again because Chuji has something to go back for now uh oh <laughs> everyone Point at this fucker. Oh, Stop it. Stop. Stop. You've got feelings. <laughs> but yeah, before it was just the tournament Chuji was looking forward to. They weren't sure what they were going to do afterwards, but now that they know, they're kind of pissed that that's not immediate for them. Okay. So like I said, Kader is standing on the edge of the clearing, uh, kind of down at the edge of the hill that you're standing on the cliff hill overlooking the the sea um mm. she's waiting patiently she's ready to tell you about anything that you ask her about but you guys have some time to like wake up and discuss your plan of attack for today uh chuji is not pleased to be awake again hmm. i think they're taking waking up today especially hard but i think as soon as they're all like sat down somewhere or at least out and about chuji's like slumped over on something and uh, they're like what was the plan today again which way were we going hmm observatory i am pretty sure we were headed yeah yeah to the observatory okay are you uh, are you okay i'm good <laughs> sleep drained you know not easy to sleep here uh that's fair do you need anything, or are you alright, though? No, we should just pack up and get going, yeah? Uh, okay. Uh, Lolo kind of pops his head out of the bag. Or you know what, I think he's I think he's on the Sammy's lap right now. He likes being on the Sammy's lap sometimes. <laughs> Babysitting. Um, yeah, Masami's good at babysitting. Chuji less so. Um, <laughs> Chuji fucks with him. <laughs> but I think uh, Lolo looks up and says... So, what do we know about this observatory? What were we told about it? There's apparently a bird lady captured there. She's stuck in a cage. Something along those lines. Hmm. Is that who we're supposed to fight or something? I think we might be rescuing. We've beaten bird ladies before. Don't you remember in the pre in the the pre-game of the tournament? Oh, how long ago that feels now? I remember that episode. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but what if it is a rescue mission? 
from what would be we be rescuing her from? Mm, good question. Um, I guess we're gonna have to find that out the hard way if that's the case. Regardless, shall we move on, brave adventurers? Sure. Yeah. I think they pack up and I think they head out. Okay. So, Senku, Chuji, and Masami. You ask Kader for directions, and indeed, Kader is uh, pleased to tell you the way. She kind of guides you all along. And uh, you pass through a mountain pass that seems to be made of, like, strange gemstones. You make your way through a thick, balmy jungle. You hide from strange predators that don't make sense. Until you make your way towards what uh, Kader stops and identifies as the Jungle Observatory. Uh, and she says, here we are. And you find, you kind of look up at it. And the side of this hill is covered in vertical stone obelisks laid out in precise measurements. Telescopes, orreries, and other astronomical devices dot the ruins. Though the sky is the same impossible night as everywhere on the demiplane, here things seem somehow clearer, the stars nearer. Hmm. And Kader stops and says, Many of Tamata's greatest accomplishments were in the field of astronomy and wayfinding. Master Sindara took this array of stones and observational devices from a flat barren mountaintop where there was little interference or light pollution. Master Tomaton observers bound themselves to their telescopes when they reached the end of their lives, ensuring they could gaze at stars forever. Huh. Thank you. She nods a little bit and says, If you have any more questions, I will be happy to answer them. She looks at you expectantly. Uh... <laughs> I will say, as you're standing there, you do hear something. Oh. Singing. Oh. You hear a woman singing. How's that? I do not know, Kader says. Huh. Then we should investigate. Let's um find a way in. Okay. Uh, do you guys want to make your way through these ruins and see what's up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want all of you to make me a perception check. Okay. Okay. Sanku and Chuji, as you guys kind of approach this weird hill with these obelisks all around and all this astronom astronomical gear, I think you guys are, like, not able to find the source of the singing. But Masami, as you're, like, making your way past all of these orreries, you see something. You find the source of all the music. Oh, it's a caged bird. Uh-oh. Hmm. Or, that's not really fair. Birds tend to not have human halves. A beautiful woman is uh, kind of like inside a cage at the very top of this uh, little hill in the middle of the clearing. She wears beautiful robes um, and has beautiful black hair. Uh, which seems to glimmer almost like it's made of liquid. But from the waist down, she has the body of a bird. She has, like, feathers, um, claws. Uh, instead of hands, she has wings. And she's singing lonely. Like, uh, like she's singing a lonely song from atop the uh, hill here, sat in this golden cage surrounded by telescopes. What do you do? Um, do, do you think we should approach? 
Uh, I don't know if we have any other choice. I'd like one. <laughs> well, I mean, what else are we supposed to do? Nothing else suspicious around here? No other traps, you guys think? <laughs> you could all make perception checks if you like. Okay, sure. Chuji, Sanku, Masami, all you can see except for this woman now is that there's like, like I said, lots of telescopes and orreries around. Do you, you know what an orrery is? It's like those um, old-fashioned model galaxies. Oh, okay. Um, but they're just kind of out in the open. There's no, there's no traps. There's these obelisks. There's the hill, and there's the uh, telescopes and astronomical gear, and that's really it. And of course, this woman atop the mountain who has not seen you yet. Okay. Well, I mean, fuck it, right? <laughs> Um, It'll be fine. I think Misami slowly approaches and clears their throat and says, Um, hello. You say hello, and the woman stops her singing, and she kind of looks at you, and it strikes you how beautiful she is. She is, like, genuinely gorgeous. Uh, and not in, like, a human way, in an almost ethereal way. And she looks at you surprised, and then she like starts flapping her wings inside the cage and says oh no 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 don't not there honey don't stand there uh masami stops and raises their hands up and says okay is no there... no you it's not you it's the it's the telescope uh. and the telescope you're standing beside masami turns and looks at you <gasps> what the and then it clicks to the side and a mechanical arm out from beneath it and turns into a spider-like leg and then it kind of unfolds and then another one, an orrery from behind the mountain kind of unfolds, it's world spinning um, and then like a like several weird devices start clicking and clacking they are these clockwork brass constructs uh, just unfolding and crawling towards you, made of telescopes and orreries and all sorts of weird space-gazing gear. Oh shit, that's so cool. And you remember something that Kader told you. Mm -hmm. The master astronomers of the Tomaton Empire would bind their souls to their machines so they could watch the stars forever. Oh my. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. So, hey, real fast, You've already rolled initiative for me because I'm a sneaky boy. I had a feeling. You had a feeling? You love it when I say roll perception. Yeah, I, when <laughs> you say roll perception, I'm like, this can't be regular. Top of the order is unfortunately going to be these astronomical machines. And uh, Masami, the one closest to you, you did back away a little bit, but it's still like in your grill. So it's going to start. Uh, by the way, these things are size gargantuan just for fun uh oh awesome it the telescope near you masami swivels and churns and crunches and uh it is going to start by using its radiant beam on you it swivels its telescope to look look at you and then puts a light like a light source behind it and then unfocuses and refocuses the uh telescope and then it shoots a beam of concentrated light at you and that is going to be a 49 to hit, Masami. Is that a hit? Yeah, that hits. 17 force damage as it knocks you back a few feet. Uh, it then crawls, click, 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 towards you. 
and it is going to attempt to hit you with a hammer, which is to say, uh, I think literally like um, a clockwork hammer, you know, the kinds used for ringing bells. It kicks out and tries to smack you over the head. Okay. And that <laughs> is going to be a critical fail, Masami. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so that is going to be creeping hesitation. It is flat-footed until its next turn. I will say, uh, there's this kind of heaviness in the air around you all, and you don't necessarily know what's causing it. But okay. just be aware mm-hmm. that apparently there's this weird feeling in the air as it comes close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Uh-oh. in the back, the two other, uh, you know, clockwork telescope monsters uh, are um, coming out towards you. Um, one spends two actions coming out, and then it uh, is going to shoot a radiant beam at you, Sanku. Okay. A 38 to hit. It, it doesn't hit. 38, it doesn't hit. Okay. And the other one takes three actions coming out from the other side of the observatory hill. Um, so that is all three of them. They have started crawling and clambering towards you, letting out horrible clockwork clicks as they go. Uh, Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, it is your turn. Lolo's on your shoulder and says, Sanku, I don't know what these things are, but they don't look like they're very friendly. Be careful. I, okay. Uh, I will be careful. Um. Oh, we're in open space. We're never in an open space. Uh Uh-huh. That's scary to say. I would like to, mm, I don't know if that would, oh wait, no, they have, they have the ability to look at things. Yeah. I mean, they're uh, telescopes. It's kind of their thing. I will cast Burning Blossoms, then. Okay. Um, because it has a pretty solid radius. Okay. So describe to me what happens here. Um, you know when you're watching um, videos of, like, time lapses of plants growing? Mm-hmm. I think that happens, but, like, it actually happens at that speed. Um, it's an intangible hollow tree. It sprouts from the ground and grows a uh, hundred feet upwards, um, and its branches are thirty feet around. I th- I'm pretty sure it catches both the uh, guy next to Masami and to the left of them as well. Okay, so the one that hit Masami and the one that spent three actions crawling out from the other side of the hill. Mm-hmm. The tree uh, immediately blossoms, and it has very pretty, delicate white flowers, but they burn with white hot fire. Okay. Um, and the the uh, because of the wind, the uh, flower petals drift to the ground, and it hurts people. And if you end your turn under the tree's branches, you take 66... And any enemy that can see the tree, even outside of the spell's area, must attempt a will save. It's an emotion, mental, and visual effect. Uh, okay. Creatures can beca- creatures fascinated with the tree must use at least one of their actions to move towards the tree. Fascinating. Horrifying. <laughs> um, this is not incapacitation effect, huh? And I will let you know that a lot of constructs are immune to this kind of stuff. But because these things literally have souls bound into them, it it works. <laughs> so the ones underneath the tree are going to... Uh, if they end their turn under the tree, they're going to take 66 fire damage. All of them need to make will saves right now, right? Yeah. So uh, the one that spent three actions gets a nat 20. 
that one um, is it, it's unaffected and it's temporarily immune for 24 hours. Okay. Uh, the one that hit Masami, uh, that is a 39. My spell DC is 40, so that fails. Okay. It is fascinated with the tree until the end of its next turn and must make a save again next turn. Mm-hmm. And the last one, uh, that is going to be a 40. It's unaffected, but it'll still have to um, make a new save at the end of its turn, if it can still see the tree. Cool. So, Sanku, this massive tree starts drooping these petals down, and most of them, two of them kind of, like, stare you down, still trying to look at you guys, but one of them, the telescope swivels, looks up, the orrery spin, and it is just staring up at this beautiful burning tree, amazed. And it's going to be a little bit distracted from Asami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, how many actions does it take to cast Burning Blossom? All three. Okay, so is that your turn? Yeah. Does it does the damage happen immediately or no? I can't remember. End of their turn. End of their turn, okay. So, Sanku, that is you. Uh, next in the order is going to be Shichuji. There's a giant tree that is puking up fire on people. And if you stand under that tree, it will start to hurt you. That being said, there are three of these um, horrible monsters. One of them is attacking Masami, uh, but is currently distracted by a tree, and the two other two are coming up around the hill and are trying to uh, shoot you with lasers. What do you do? I love lasers. I'm going to not go near the tree. Uh, so Chi-Chi's going to go to the one that's not really in it. I can get up to it in two actions. Okay, so you're going to run up to the one that shot you with, with, shot and sank you with a laser. Yeah, how dare you. How fucking dare you. Uh, and Chuji's going to Flurry of Blows uh, while they are in Stoke Flames Tense. Okay, kick its ass. Oh, fuck. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> well, they're both secrets. So you can tell me what they are. They're both crits. Oh, shit. So uh, that's double of 32 and 25. Well, you'll be so glad that I'd be smugly like, well, actually, they have resistance. You'll never guess what bypasses their resistance. Is it adamantine? It's adamantine. Chuji, you chop so fast at these things that you're literally melting their armor. (laughs) So uh, that's going to be double of 32, that's 64, plus double of 25, that's uh, 50, that's 114 damage, and it has to make a fortitude save to see if it's stunned. Yes, give me that save. That is a 40. Yeah, that just passes. That's exactly my... uh, Okay, thank God for me, because holy shit, Chuji, <laughs> you launch yourself at this uh, this clockwork monstrosity and start unleashing hell. Punch, 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 pow, pow, pow. And uh, the Cow. weird clockwork spider telescope thing lets out a weird chitter, and then it says a few words in a weird language. It kind of like beeps it out and goes, huh? and then it tries to hit you with a hammer. The fuck? As you're brawling against it, Masami, it is your turn. Um, so you are underneath the Burning Blossoms. If you end your turn in here, you will take 66 fire damage. Okay. Um. <laughs> but you right. won't take that damage if you, while you're staring the turn in here. Okay. I think for right now, they're just going to cast Longstrider on themselves. Okay. All right. They're going to move a little bit closer to Chuji then. And then that's okay. their turn. Okay. So Masami... You uh, shoot uh, speedy energy through your legs, and as you walk, it's like the ground shimmers and moves further than your steps should be taking you. And you get out from underneath the giant 
er like aura of flame above you, you know? Mm. Um, and I will say, as you're moving, the one that you were fighting moments ago is still just staring up into the sky. Uh, is that your turn, Masami? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's you, and it is now the Radiant Warden's turn. Uh, so the Radiant Warden that was fighting you is going to take one action to just move beneath the tree. And it's just staring up at it, like, kind of mesmerized by these falling, burning petals. Um, but with its other two actions, it's going to unleash a Radiant Blast. Chuji and Masami, I need both of you to make me a reflex save. Because it cranks, the, like, all the telescopes that are not looking up at this thing. It moves, like, several telescopes into an array, like a shotgun, and then shoots out several lasers all at once. Kapow! It's 51. Holy shit, Masami. <laughs> and I don't even have my modifier with it. I have it for fortitude and will. Yeah, well, that's a crit success, so you're good. Chuji? If I don't want to. Then you die. Okay. I think I die anyways. <laughs> Uh, Chuji, that is going to be a failure, I'm afraid, with uh, a 34. Um, so you're going to be hit by the shotgun blast of lasers. That's going to be Ow. 10d12 force damage. Ow. That's 73 damage. Okay. <laughs> the Radiant Warden that's fighting you, Chuji, is going to also attack you. Sorry, bud. Um, it tries to swing a hammer down on top of you. And that's a nat one. Get fucked. Uh, so, Chuji, that is going to be Attack the Darkness. All of its foes are concealed from it for one turn. So I think as it slams this hammer down, um, you kind of like jump out of the way, maybe kick some dirt up into the telescope, and it wheels up and starts spinning around on its orrery, trying to like shake the sand off, and then it's like just a little confused as to where you are. Um, mm -hmm. So it's going to try to attack you again, but needs to make a flat D20 roll to see if it can uh, find you. And that is a 12, so yes, it can find you. Uh, it tries to swing its hammer down into you again, though, and that's going to be... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a nat 20. It sure is. So as it's spinning around, adjusting itself, it's spinning around that hammer as well. And then the hammer collides into your face at, like so fast you could not see it coming in fact it hits you so hard that there is a flash of blinding light to go with it and i need you to make me a will save please okay 44 uh 44 critical success you are not blinded by this terrible light thank god but you are going to take 72 damage okay pretty good right pretty good uh with its last action, Orrery Monster is going to then move slightly away from the beautiful tree. When does it have to make saves against the tree, by the way, Dave? Is it on your turn? At the end of its turn? At the start of its turn? Yeah, at the end of its turn. Every turn as long as this is in the air. Cool. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the last of the Radiant Wardens is going to spend... It can, it's not going to spend all its turns trying to get out from under the fire, but it does like crawl a good bit away from the center and it's looking at you Sanku and it rotates its planets very very fast and light starts to shine through those glass planets and it's actually going to cast a prismatic spray on you okay. so I need you to roll me a d8 
Um, okay. Seven. Mm, okay. Sanku, a violet beam shoots into you. I need you to make me a will save, please, as this beam coats you in violet light. 43. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> That's a success. You're good. When I roll a success and a will save, I get a crit save. On a failure against a violet beam from prismatic spray, you are slowed for one minute. On a critical failure, you're sent to another plane. Well, that would be not a good thing, I think. I think that would be pretty inconvenient. So I think it's a good thing. Considering all the effort you went to to get here? So, yeah, good work. Uh, You are completely unaffected. Well done. Uh, Now, these guys all have to make a will save to see if they can resist the... Well, one of them doesn't have to. One of them got a crit save last time. But the other needs to make a will save to see if it can resist the beautiful fire. Oh, no. That's a nat one. (laughs) Sanku, what happens on a nat one with these guys? The creature is fascinated with the tree until the spell ends. The the tree's fire damage doesn't end the fascination. Other other hostile actions end it as normal. If the fascination ends, the the creature must attempt a new save at the end of its turn, if it can still see the tree. Okay. So this thing will probably stay under the tree and just continue taking damage. Uh, The other one, the one that you're fighting, Chuji, that is a tree tree that is a fail. As you are fighting it, Chuji, you see its uh, weird orreries and telescopes turn and focus on the tree, and you can see it's starting to walk towards it. What a dumbass. So it's going to have to do that. If you attack it, you'll snap it out of it, but otherwise it'll go under the tree again. Sanky, will you roll me the fire damage for the two that are under the tree? 18. Okay, do both of them take 18 fire damage. Uh, Sanku, Witch Prince of the Sea, it is your turn. I am going to cast Coral Eruption. Okay, so what? where's the Coral Eruption coming from? What's this look like? Uh, one of them I'm going to put down where the non-fascinated one is. Okay. And the other one, I think I'll just put... Um, between the one closest to the center and um, my friends so that if he does snap out of it and he wants to go to them, it hurts. Cool. So you're basically blocking off the passage of the fascinated one and the non-fascinated ones. Excellent. Basically, if a fascinated one tries to enter or leave the area, it's going to have to walk through the coral. And if a non-fascinated one wants to leave, it'll also have to walk through the coral. Very clever. Put him down. One of them, I'm putting him already in it. So the one that's already in it needs to make a reflex save, right? Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a 36. That's a fail. How much damage does he take? 29. He That's 29. He does take slightly less because he's resistant to most damage. Uh, but he does take most of it. Um, and uh, coral horns explode from the ground beneath him. Uh, kind of ripping into his metal body a little bit. Uh, And you've also paved the path uh, for the other two in corals, making sure that if they walk in or out, they will be hurt by the coral. Very nice. And it won't cast as a hostile action for them to walk through it, because it's them doing it, smiley face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very smart. Very smart. Shuji, it's your turn. Uh, So you are still fighting against this horrible monster. Uh, It's kicked your ass you've kicked its ass you can see it is getting ready to walk back into the fire and walk through the coral that Sanku has put down 
If you punch yeah. its ass, it will snap out of it and not do that. What's your plan right now? Um, I think it'd be funny if I waited till it got into the fire to hit it. Do you want to wait until it walks through to coral? Are you going to delay your action and kick its ass when it walks through to coral? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like that. Cool. So are you, you're just going to wait. You're like, okay, walk, walk towards the tree. Go, go, go. Shuji stops, like, as soon as they see that it's, like, enthralled and, like, heading towards it. And they, like, turn back to, uh, to Masami and they, like, point their thumb towards it and they're like, check this fucking loser out. <laughs> you do the... <laughs> You do the Wayne's World, get a load of this guy. Get a load of, load of this guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. And he'll be in range when he walks through the coral as well because of how it's positioned. This is excellent. Yep. This is the worst thing you've ever... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, sure. Excellent. Uh, Masami, it's your turn. <laughs> you see Chuji's waiting to kick this thing's ass. <laughs> Alright, uh, well, they are going to get into Arcane Cascade, and okay. it is, for transmutation, it's the, um, the damage of my weapons, so I'm going with piercing. Mm -hmm. I forget, like, the exact effect from it, um, but it, I think it's, like, uh, the sword dance move from Pokemon. Ooh! Ooh, I like that! <laughs> okay. So there's, like, uh, what um, weapon is this? It's a, uh, it's the, uh, their Chokito. So basically, it's just a bunch of swords kind of revolving around them, a la sword oh. dance or like Final Fantasy fifteen um, Noctis's weapons. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Okay, I love that. Yeah. You have two actions. What do you do, Masami? And you get a special spell effect. Well, technically three because <laughs> sword. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I forgot you got the fucking haste room. Yeah. Well, LMAO. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Oh yeah, because of Arcane Cascade as well, they have uh, Arcane Shroud. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's that do? That boosts your speed even more, right? It is boost my speed even more. So instead of 10, uh, I get the ability of Fleet Step, which boosts it to 30. Holy shit, you're fast as hell. I'm fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as fuck. <laughs> who, who are you attacking? You know that the one out by Chuji is currently... You don't want to fight him because you want him to go into the Get Fucked box? Oh, that's fine. Because I still have two actions. <laughs> <laughs> so that means it's a new day, new spells, meteor swarm, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Wow, these fucking guys. Oh, isn't that ironic? They're stargazers. Uh huh. Get a load of this, bitch. <laughs> okay, so they all have to roll for it, right? I assume you're hitting all three of them with meteor swarms. Or are you attacking? Are you attacking the one that uh, Chuji is trying to to lure? Because Actually, that will snap out of fascination. Uh, no, no, they are not. They're okay. gonna let Chuji have their fun with that one. The other two, okay. however, okay, but they have to roll for it. Let's see. They must roll for it. Lol. Okay. Well, uh, that's gonna be a failure for the uh, super fascinated one. This will snap it out, but that's fine. And. Uh, the other one gets a success. Okay. So this uh, super fascinated one will take full damage. The kind of not fascinated at all one is will take half. So roll me that damage from the meteor pummeling into them and the fire damage explodes out afterwards. That is 60-10 bludgeoning damage. Um, so total 38. Then 
and then the fire damage. Do do do. Uh, so that is 48 fire damage. Okay, cool. So 48 plus 38, that is going to be 86 damage to them total. Uh, well, 43 to the one that's resistant. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, they both have resistance to, uh, melee attacks or to physical damage, so they will take a little less than that, but still, they're still taking the brunt of it, you know? Meteors <laughs> explode out of this starry sky above you all and smash into them. Um, and they're stumbling around, they're being knocked about. Uh, the one that was super fascinated with the tree is, like, snapped out of it and it's, like, turning to look at you angrily, but, uh... It's still under the fire, you know? Still under the fire. They still have to go through the coral. Whee! And Masami's at the edge, so if they want to attack, <laughs> come over here, bitch. Get a load of me. Uh, it is the uh, Clockwork Monstrosity's turn. Uh, so, Chuji, let's just start with a fun one, shall we? Yes. The Ori that was near you walks into the fire and threw a load of coral. That's 45 damage to it, minus its resistance, which I'm keeping secret. Um, and it's going. And Chuji, uh, you, what do you do? You, uh, it's your turn. You suddenly jump in. I fucking kill it. <laughs> Flurry of blows. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Well, one of them's a crit. One of them doesn't hit. Okay. Well, the miss is a miss, but the crit is a crit. Roll me that damage. That's gonna be 70 damage. 70 damage. Holy shit! Um, oh my god, Chuji! <laughs> as it's walking through this coral, and you see it, like, the coral breaking apart its legs as it crawls, you jump and you do the sickest fucking flurry of karate chops into this thing. Fire, 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 fire! How do you destroy it? <laughs> um, just like that, they take full advantage of the fact that this thing is getting fucked up by the coral reef. Uh, and everything around it, um, and just, just goes for the legs, so it, like, plummets, like, body first into everything. Yeah, it fucking shatters into pieces. Like, uh, all the, like, clockwork parts disassemble, wheels churn, equipment falls, and it just collapses into pieces, and it is destroyed! Destroy. Shit, that, that's that one, Dad. Nice work. Woo! Um... It is the turn of the uh, other ones, though. And neither of them are fascinated, so they're both going to try leave because they don't like being in the fire anymore. Uh, the one that... Oh, he takes... Oh, he does walk through all of that fucking coral, doesn't he, uh, Sanku? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's 45 damage minus its resistances as it clacks through the coral barrier that you put in front of it. This is the one that has not been fascinated this entire time. It turns and swivels and stares at you, Sanku, and it's going to unleash a shotgun blast with its radiant blast on you. Uh, make me a reflex save. Uh, okay. 41. That'll be a success. You'll take half damage of... 64. That's 32 damage to you, Sanku, as a... of lasers blast into you. Awesome. That's uh, 32, I think? Yep, that's right. Uh, the other one is going to crawl towards you, Chuji. It's also going to take 45 damage uh, in the process. And it's going to try to smack at you with its hammer. It swings a hammer down on you, trying to catch you with its blindingly fast attack again. That's uh, 44 to hit, uh, Chuji. Nope, doesn't hit. Wow. It tries again. Uh, that is a 45 to hit. That's just my AC. 
Okay, so uh, that's gonna be 41 bludgeoning damage as he hits you hard, Chuji. Okay. And I need you to make me a will save as light blasts into your face. Uh, 38. Uh, 38. Uh, that is just a save. Oh, thank You're good. God. You don't know what's happening, but those, like, when it swings at you, there's, like, clashes of light that explode out from its hammers. Mm-hmm. Uh, next in the order is going to be Sanku. Sanku, ah! <laughs> there's a big one. It's starting to look pretty badly injured thanks to your, um, your coral eruption and fire. Um, oh, wait. I will say that the one, the one that's fighting Chuji is still under the fire. Will take that damage. Has to make another will save. That is a fail, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> My spell DC is 40. So the Radiant Warden that has been fascinated by this tree for nearly the entire fight is turning and looking at it again like, wow. And since it did end its turn in there, it does take the damage. I don't know if you did that already. Roll me that 66, bud. 20. That's another 20 damage to it. Very nice. Uh, okay. Senku, it is your turn. Um, the two, uh, giant clockwork monsters are looking pretty badly damaged at this point. There's one coming out, uh, towards you. It's the one that hasn't been falling for this tree the entire time. It is staring at you. It is angry. It is clicking and whirring. It's spinning its orreries at you threateningly. What do you do? Uh, Senku's gonna take one turn to, uh run 25 feet away because okay so you're scampering up the hill <laughs> away from it he's like oh geez no 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 it's like chasing you oh god and um i think he i think he's just gonna cast a hydraulic push just it's not it's my ninth level spell okay you're gonna blast him with a stream of water make me that attack roll 49 that's a crit that fucks Roll me that damage. Uh, okay, so <gasps> it takes 66 bludgeoning damage. Nah, that's 19d6, takes... my friend. 19d6. Oh. It takes 19d6 bludgeoning damage. It is knocked back 10 feet. And how much damage is that? 70. Double of 70. Oh. That's 140 fucking damage. Sanku, how do you destroy this fucking clockwork behemoth? Um, I think he finds, like, the... Like, a, a gear in it that looks like it's important and loose. Um, and I think he fires the hydraulic push directly at it, knocking it out. Um, which, I don't know, um, like, makes it fall apart. <laughs> you hit the fucking, like, the structural core of this thing, and it just fucking disassembles. Par- like, parts just collapse to the floor. It is destroyed. Well done, Sanku. Woohoo! Um, is that your turn? Yes. Okay. Chuji, it is your turn. Um, you can see that this thing is badly broken. It's trying to walk back through the coral into the uh, middle of the place to look at the tree again. But, yikes. What do you do? You got tree actions. You can kick its ass. It does not look great. I could, in fact, kick its ass. Um, I haven't three actioned in a while. Do you want a tree action one-inch punch it? I kind of do. Go for it. Come on. Treat myself. It doesn't hit. 
Um, catch me on the 7 o'clock news tonight. See you at 7, bud! <laughs> Can I use a hero point? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> for, for everyone's safety, please go for it. Breaking news at our 7 <laughs> o'clock hour. Yo! <laughs> Whoa. This just in. There are no numbers between 1 and 20. <laughs> That's a nut 20. Brother, <laughs> god fucking damn it. But that is perfect, actually. Well, I guess I'm um, we'll get to save a spell slot. Jesus. So that's going to be 116 damage. 116 damage? 116 My damage. My brother in Christ. Jesus, Chuji, how the fuck do you disassemble this thing? Can I trip it? Absolutely. You said it was walking. Can I just trip it and it just oh. falls on its fucking face? Into the idiot. fucking coral? Yeah. Oh my god, okay, cool. Chuji, you lunge for you chop through its legs. And I think it kind of like hovers in the air for a moment before like collapsing into the coral, which impales it from below. <laughs> and as it's kind of shaking, trying to get out, the fiery uh, petals just melt it. And it is destroyed. And you guys have won. And for that moderate level encounter, you've all gained 80 experience points. Thanks. All right, all right. Dice will roll will return after these messages. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We now return to Dice Will Roll. Uh, well, each of you uh, stands. Masami, you have more spell slots for later, which is probably a good thing. Whee! How are you guys all doing? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. That was cool. What the fuck were those? Uh, Kader uh... skips forward a little bit, uh, and she kind of bows and says, Those were Radiant Wardens. They were uh, the astronomical uh, kits of ancient Tamatans who bound their souls to these things so they could continue watching the stars forever. However, they did not they uh, consider anyone on this island hostile because it's not what they're used to. This is no longer their home, and they are very frightened and angry at everyone. Fucked up. If it makes you feel any better, these were necromancers in life, and they studied the power of Eox, the di- grim star, which eventually sent them uh, the void kaiju which ended up destroying Bonmu. 
in a way, they are responsible for the uh, destruction of the Tomatan Empire. Oh, great. Uh, wow. It was a great act indeed. I, I didn't mean it in the... That was not great. I don't understand. <laughs> Sarcasm. Uh, it's when you say the opposite of what you mean. Why would you do that? For fun. <laughs> As this is happening, you do hear a, um, excuse me. Hello. Oh, fuck. Hello oh, down there. Yeah, yes. Well, the Kitsune, the Dampir, and the Undyne. Hello. Hey. Um, and it's the bird lady in the cage. Siku gets on his staff and he's like, we should go talk to her. And yeah. help her. As you all get to the top, um, you see that uh, woman in the cage. Uh, Masami, you're the one who spawned them in the first place. And she is honestly even more beautiful up close. Um, you can tell that her hair isn't just liquidy looking. It's almost like an ooze. You know? It's like a living ooze that's kind of like night blue in color. Uh, she has bright green wings and golden eyes. Uh, she's wearing a traditional sari dress. And she says, ah, Thank goodness someone finally came. I've been stuck here for weeks now. It was most inconvenient. What happened? Who, who are you? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Anika Devi. I am a Kinari. Uh, would you all like to roll me a religion check to see what you know about Kinari? Sure. Have my plus six, brother. I know that's a real flex. Okay, Chuji, you know that Kinari are half bird, half woman, and they often get stuck in cages. Hmm. Thank you. You know that she's not. <laughs> she's not. That that's not a common thing with them at all. You do know that they're half birds, half women, but you believe they're some kind of celestial. Masami, you know that uh, the Canari are a type of Azata, uh, which are the heralds of Elysium, uh, the plane of uh, kind of like reckless good, I guess is the best way of describing it. Um, specifically, a Canari is an Azata of love. Uh, they are kind of like basically the holy messengers of love and, you know, the bonds between people. Okay. Um, and as she's kind of here in this cage, she's like, I don't suppose any of you would be willing to let me out? I am a little bit stuck in here, and it would be ever so pleasant if one of you were to free me, because I... Those horrible clockwork machines captured me here and put me on display because I, they like my singing. And I would... I did come here for a reason. I'm not pleased to be stuck I'm a little bit behind schedule now. My friends in Elysium are going to be quite worried about me. Um. Oh, um, of course. Uh, yeah, we can help you out. Would any of you like to make a thievery check to try unlock this thing? Me. <laughs> okay, Masami, you step forward and get ready to thieve. Oh. And what about my fucking curse? Yeah, so that's something I was going to bring up. Um, yeah. You gave up some of your uh, skill with your hands to the Celestial Dragon. Mm. I need you to make me a will save to see if this morning you were able to overcome the curse or not. Blind? Or? Uh, blind, please. Okay, well, 
Just know that I also have resolve. Oh, you're super good. You're fine. That's Yo. that's a 47. You're fine. Ayo. <laughs> so you... Masami looked the celestial dragon in the eye and was like, I don't think this curse works. <laughs> Masami really did say, I'll take those soul points for free. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how much do I add to that? Uh, so you have no penalty to your thievery right now. Okay. But on days where you did fail, uh, you would have a minus two to all thievery checks. Okay. Okay. Masami, you get on one knee and you start uh, kind of like picking the lock. And you hear a click to the left. So you got one success. Make me another TV check. Okay. Okay. Another click to the right. And you've got it. One more. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Masami, this <laughs> this lock is nothing to you. You easily <laughs> break it and uh, kind of pull it open. And um, the uh, Kinari Azata comes out and she flaps her wings and says, Oh, yes, thank you so much. Oh, you're ever so kind. What? What is your name, adventurer? Uh, Masami Takahara? Masami Takahara, thank you. I will forever remember your kindness in freeing me today. Who are you? Where Where are you from? This is not a place where mortals should walk. N no, we're from the material plane. Um, we're from Tiansha. Uh, a city named Goka. Most interesting. Well, around Goka. Goka has been <laughs> quite the hotspot for activity lately, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, on the account of the Ruby Phoenix tournament, yes. Hmm. A little bit. Is she is she free again? Is she walking the plains? Last I heard, she was in Axis. Oh well. What? <laughs> well, okay. Well. Oh man. I'll let you guys handle that story. <laughs> she okay. She is. Was, she went back to the material plane after. How long was she? I don't remember. Uh, 300 years. 300 years. Um, and there was a tournament that happened like every 10 years in her honor called the Ruby Phoenix oh, Tournament. Oh, I know all of the Ruby Phoenix tournaments, young man. So many love <laughs> stories were born from there. Love stories? That's, <laughs> that's, that's my area of expertise. And uh, <laughs> I, I am a messenger of love. Oh, that's cute. I like that. When there um, is, but... when there are problems with love in the world, it is this job of a canary to set them right. It's what brought me here. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wait. What? Well, um. Wh well. Um. The Ruby Phoenix came back to the material plane and was like, "Whoa! There's a tournament in my honor. I want to run that." So then she held one when it came, and we were in that. Sounds and we won. most marvelous. But then, um, a guy named Sindara? The master of this island, yes. Killed she, her again? She does not look pleased. Hmm. And he has her in, like, a... In, like, an hourglass with her, a like, her ashes. And we're trying to rescue her. Because that's messed up. Yes, yeah. certainly. I must confess, I am not a fan of Diaxiomites and Dyra's methods. Once he was very respected across the plains, there were celestials and fiends alike who came to him for help in building worlds, but now, in his last days, he became something of a man of low character, to put it this way. 
to hear that he has returned and that, well, that he is doing stunts like this is less than ideal. She kind of shakes her head and says, regardless. Oh, I find myself in such a pickle. I've been here for weeks now, I'll have you know. And I was supposed to, it was supposed to be a quick run and done job seeking out this child and... <sighs> um, what are you looking for? Well, like I told you, a canary's job is love. And what is the truest aspect of love but a child born from the bond between two people? And she kind of like sighs and says, somewhere out there, there is a mother who has lost her child and has been seeking that child terribly. I know that he is on this island. I can feel it. I've used my magic to track him down. It is very important that I find the child and make sure that he's okay, but it's also very important that I let all my loved ones back home in Elysium know that I am safe and have not been slain. So I find myself quite the conundrum now. Um, I guess we could try and help you find that kid if it's not too out of the way. I like helping people. I mean, I really don't mind assisting. Um, we'll help in any way we can. All right. Well, um, hmm. in that case, and uh, she kind of like um, pulls through her bag and she pulls out, I think, um, a little seashell and she's kind of like holding it between her wings and she says, this will glow when you're getting close to the child. That's how I've been able to track it. Uh, which of you takes the seashell? Uh, I mean, thank you can take the seashell. Okay. She places it into your hand and she smiles and says, simply finding that the child is safe will be important enough. I'll be able to hopefully come back and aid in returning him to her, his mother and you can't miss him he's a big boy a big boy mm -hmm. okay well big is pretty good regardless the shell will glow when you get close okay you you are all so sweet um i i cannot let you go without rewarding you you saved me from these horrible creatures You've taken on my job. You are allowing me to return home to tell my loved ones I'm safe. You three are heroes. I will make sure that Elysium smiles favorably on you in the rest of your journey. But since that is not enough, uh, and she pulls out her bag and says, perhaps some trinkets from my journeys beyond the plains should be something to thank you properly for your work. And she holds oh. out a few treasure items. Would anyone like to uh, look inside and see what she can give you? I would. Well, inside she has a little wand, a strange belt, uh, a red-hot amulet, and six elixirs of life. Oh, shit. Major elixirs of life, no less. These will really heal you up. Oh, baby. Okay, Derry, I need you to be very careful while having these while having this open <laughs> you say such hurtful things to me sometimes you say things you, your words are like barbed wire hey I'm, I'm, I'm lovely and gentle to all but me his words are not unfounded anyway um as you all look inside uh would you all like to make me a magic check of some type see what the other items are 
Arcana, yeah. nature, religion, or occultism. I'll use uh, nature. Okay. Because that's just what Sanku tends to. Okay. So, inside this bag, you see... Sanku, you see a wand of the Ledgermane. This wand of lacquered black wood has a handle wrapped in interwoven colorful uh, ribbons. A silver bell caps the wand's tasseled pommel. It can cast a ninth level heal once per day. And, once per day, when you cast a spell, you can spend an extra action to turn the heal spell into a spotlight on yourself. An illusory spotlight shines bright light upon you as you pull inane objects from the wand's tip, such as confetti, flowers, streamers, or a long string of colorful kerchiefs knotted end to end. Each enemy within 30 feet must make a will save against your spell DC, uh, receiving a plus four circumstance bonus to the save if you or your allies recently trend it or use a hostile action. On a failure, the creature becomes fascinated with you until the end of your next turn. Essentially, when you cast a heal spell with this thing, you can literally make a spotlight come down on you and be like, Hey everyone, look at me! Over here! Over here! And catch everyone making sure that they only look at you. Hmm. Okay. Masami, this belt. This belt is a belt of regeneration. It is crafted from a strange material that feels like the hide of an oni. It is red and blue in color. You can. Uh, this is an apex item, so it will boost your constitution to uh, by two or to eighteen, whichever is higher. And the, when you wear it, you get 15 HP extra at the start of the day. And one action once per day, you can give yourself regeneration for uh, 2d4 rounds, recovering 15 hit points unless you took acid or fire damage. The thing about regeneration is it means you cannot die during that period. Any damage you take, you will recover from. Okay, that's a sick belt. I like it's it. A, so. It's a very good belt. What's your constitution? Uh, their constitution is... 16? 16. Yeah, this would give you uh, 18 constitution. That's a, a plus two for free. Ayo. Uh, and lastly, Chuji, you identify a flaming star. A sheen of Ooh. red crosses the surface of this star-shaped goldstone medallion when the light hits it. Uh, you can either wear it on your armor or on your weapon. Which is to say, you can either put it around your belt, or you can tie it around your fist. Uh, the fist won't really do much for you, but if you put it around your uh, belt, you will have massive resistance to fire. And okay. when you uh, when you use it, you can you uh, you can cast produce flame, fireball, and wall of fire through your punches. Damn. Okay. So you can punch so hard you shoot a ball of fire from your fists. You know those chops you like to do. How about you chop yeah. some bitches? <laughs> okay. You can chop so hard, you literally ignite all the grass in front of you and make a wall of fire from it. Oh hot. my god. Kind of cool, right? Hot, kind of hot. Uh, what do you guys what What do you guys want? Who wants to take what? Well, I definitely fucking want that. You want the flaming star? The fuck, of course I do. Okay, drag it onto your sheet. Take it. I man, that belt though. <laughs> Come on, Tank Masami, Tank Masami. <laughs> uh, it's going to make me be so goddamn ballsy. I'm going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. You're all good. Masami rushes into fireballs to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> tank stands, bitch. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, absolutely take it. And Sanku, do you want the Wand of the Ledger Man? Yeah, sure. Okay. And would you like to divide up this Elixir of Life, the six 
major elixirs of life between you all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so everyone take two. The, int- the fucking impulse to empty your bo- pockets into this for a bit. Do not. <laughs> no. Don't be doing that. We are going to be here for a while. Please do not. Okay, I, I got mine. Uh, so as you all kind of take this stuff and thank Anika for it, uh, she kind of like flaps her wings and says, you are all so kind. It warms my heart. You, what, do you have a name for your group, adventurers? We're the Radiant Winds. The Radiant Winds. Well, Radiant Winds, I will make sure that the Canary of Elysium sing your name in song. Thank you. Shall I leave you all to it? Mm. Uh, yeah. Be safe, okay? Mm. Anika bows and says, Thank you all so much, Radiant Winds, and I wish you the best of luck. Good luck finding the child. Thank you so much. And with that, she zips out of there. She teleports away using a plane shift. Well, that was nice. I liked her. Um, Kader, um bows a little bit before saying, well, I understand now why she wasn't able to leave. It, yeah? Because she was trapped? Well, no. If she were trapped, she could have plane shifted out at any time, correct? Uh, I suppose. Uh, but oh, because she was waiting for... No, it's because of the Radiant Wardens. You see, Radiant Wardens have oh. an aura called a Gatekeeper Aura, within which they deactivate all teleportation effects. Master Takahara, you were very lucky not to have used your dimensional assault spell. Otherwise, you would have been uh, subject to their terrible gatekeeper powers, which would have forced you to stay in place and severely inhibited your senses. Good to know. (laughs) She seems excited that you guys uh, thought that was cool. (laughs) Where now, Radiant Winds? You've done well on your journey so far, though you have not picked up this conch of the deep. She kind of nudges her feet at one of those shattered pieces of uh, clockwork. Oh. Uh, I guess now is as good a time as any. Yeah, let's do that. Ah, <sighs> alright. Uh, Chuji takes out the chunk that I have and puts those suckers together. Okay. They click together and you are shown a vision. A fist flies through the air, almost connecting with Haojin's face. She darts backwards, raising a shield of flame only for it to be dispelled. And a powerful kick is planted in her stomach. The ruby phoenix uses the momentum to be spun backwards, her feet tracing a rune on the floor from which she channels up a healing spell. Sindara catches her as she attempts to recover, pressing a palm to her throat and yelling out. The blast of force disrupts the spell and knocks her tumbling backwards. Her eyes dart, trying to catch Sundara, but he's too fast. She's knocked to the ground, and she can only look up helplessly as Sundara surges forward and... stops. The sculptor offers Haujin a hand. You fought better this time, he acknowledges with a smile. But it's a long way yet till you, the student surpasses the teacher. Haujin laughs breathlessly. <laughs> Maybe so. You don't go easy on me, master. Sundara shakes his head. Of course not. To go easy on you would be an insult to your skill. He waves a hand, and suddenly the two are sitting on the rooftop of a tower overlooking the infinite city of Axis, Plain of Law. He passes Hao Jin a bowl of rice and conjures a second for himself as they eat. Music plays from nowhere, a familiar tune, the same tune Sindara hummed on the day he first met Hao Jin. Hao Jin has been doing very well in her studies these last few months. She's created many demiplanes now, Perhaps even ones she could be proud of. Her magic has been refined as she's learned discipline, a discipline taught to her by Sundara through a shared passion, martial arts. 
One day, Sindara says between mouthfuls of rice, I want to find the greatest fighter in the multiverse. No, Haujin turns. How would you find them? That I do not know. There would need to be a test, naturally. Any fighter can say they're the greatest, but they'd need to prove it. A tournament, then, Haujin prompts. That way, you call the fighter out of hiding and have them earn the title. We would have smaller scale tournaments of other sorts back home when I was a girl. Sindar's eyes brighten. Oh, a tournament. Fascinating. Gather the greatest warriors of the plains and give them something incredible if they win. A plane of their own, or immortality, or something of the like. Haojin smiles coyly, tilting her head. Well, Master, when I grow to be as powerful as you, perhaps we can create a tournament of our own together to accomplish just such a thing. Sindara laughs. <laughs> perhaps. But you've got a long way to go, young Haojin. Perhaps I'll grow impatient and run the tournament first. Haojin's eyes widen. Ah, that reminds me, Master, I have excellent news. Sindara tilts his head. Oh? The ruby phoenix sits up, beaming, as she reveals. I've been commissioned. An Agatian saw my work in the planar gallery you hosted last month. She wants me to create her a demiplane. Oh, Master, isn't it exciting? I've been recognized. Sindara does not immediately respond. For a moment, for reasons he can't explain, he hesitates. Haojin is not ready. She's sloppy. Rushes her work. Yes, she has potential, but for an Agathion to contact a mere mortal like her only months into her training? That seems too soon. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like that Haojin took it. He wishes Haojin had recognized that she wasn't ready and had rejected the offer. Why did she take it? He sees her staring at him. He tries to put his words together, trying to express his thoughts. And he comes out with this. Well, I'm very proud of you, Haojin. And with that, the vision fades. And you're back in the fragments of the fractal jungle. Well, it's really weird seeing her be all plucky and young. <laughs> yeah. Really weird. The thing that I'm having trouble with is his response to her when she said that she was commissioned. Yeah. That was weird. If I got recognized for something that you taught me, Lolo, you'd be excited. Oh, I would be overjoyed. Sanku, you are my pride and joy. <laughs> you would, if to see you get recognized by some extra planar creature, why, Sanku, that would be a dream come true for me. <laughs> it's the hesitation, though. Like... I that's what I, I mean. Put I would put myself in her shoes because Hiroshi probably would have done something similar. I know that look in his eyes. He was he doesn't think that she's ready. Or there's something else lying in there. Hiroshi would have told me, as any teacher would have, that they were proud. They know that I have they know that their their people has skill. But in the same vein, they shouldn't get ahead of themselves. Why did he hesitate to say that? Jealousy. Exactly. You think the master became jealous of the student? It's entirely possible. I see it happen all the time. I mean, he is doing a pretty petty revenge right now. 
He's not content with just slaying Hao Jin. He wants to humiliate her. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like in more ways than one, he has been humiliated by her. And this was probably the first part of it. It doesn't sit right with me. This Sindara fellow, he's... When you're a teacher, you should be proud of your student and encourage them. Why take someone on if you're not willing to be proud of them? Some people might want somebody that makes them feel strong. An ego boost, perhaps? Maybe. People are like that. But for him to say that Hao Jin locked him away for millennia, why would she do that? We don't have the whole story yet. Guess we'll find out soon enough. My, I'm willing to guess that things went too far. And he probably tried to keep her here and say that she wasn't prepared. Get it into her head that she wasn't ready to do any of the things that he did or he can do. And maybe believing himself to the point where she did overpower him because she had to. Hmm. But that's enough of that. We have more conscious to get. We have more things to do. We should keep our focus on that, and we'll get the whole story eventually. Either from these, or from Haojin herself. Near here, Master Takahara. I agree wholeheartedly. I think Kader is standing next to you, Chuji, and she looks troubled as she's listening to you all. Are you okay? Well, I just think Master Sindara is a very kind person. Right. He's always treated me very well, just like he's treating uh, the scoundrel Hao Jin very well in these visions. She's not a scoundrel. That's her title. It is? The scoundrel Hao Jin, yes. Master Sindar was very clear on this. Her thing is that she's the Ruby Phoenix. This is a title I have only heard of in passing. Well, it's her real title. Yeah, she's the Ruby Phoenix, because if she dies, she raises from the ashes. She's currently trapped so she can't raise from the ashes but that's her thing she just seems very troubled by this speaking of troubled chuji how are you holding up that pissed chuji off i'll be real with you uh kadari doesn't know better kadari does not know better but chuji they can't stand that they cannot fucking stand that Sinhara is such a little bitch <laughs> that you would have people who don't even know her refer to her as the scoundrel. How fucking much of a loser are you? I'm sorry. That's just so fucking lame of him. Would you, Chuji, like to make me a perception check? Yeah. Okay. Chuji, something clicks in your head for a moment, and I'm not sure it's something that you love. Mm hmm. It dawns on you that perhaps. The way that... Why did Sindara create Kader? Because he was lonely? Maybe. Oh, you know what? For affirmation. Affirmation it's... that he's not a complete fucking utter loser who got bested by his pupil. It sounds a lot like Chuji, though, that this Kader, who was created with the express intent of learning everything about this island, perhaps is a student of some kind to Sindara. Oh my god, he's a she's she's a replacement. She's he's trying to replace 
God, what a fucking loser. <laughs> Not a fan of Sindara, eh, Chuji? Fucking hate Sindara. Sindara when he's trying really hard not to need outside approval. <laughs> and yet he was so kind to her in the last visions. Regardless, after a little bit of humming and hawing and Chuji, you being quite displeased with your realization, Lolo clears his throat and says, Well, while the everlasting night is still young, where are we headed? Well, what are our options? Let me see. There was the strange tree, uh, the strange tree hill. That was um, one of the places that was told to you. Um, the crater, which is where the the creatures of Oni's mask live, and the junkyard where our greatest fears reside. Wherever we go, we might as well get one of the shitty ones out of the way, right? Uh, we definitely could. Misami? Any thoughts? If we really must, then I'm, I'm pretty sure we should go to the... So, Crater or Junkyard? <laughs> I want to do Crater. I really... I want to stay away from the junkyard as much as I can. That's fair. Listen, I, and I want to take care of Oni's masks as quickly as possible. I do not want to hear or see them ever again. So let's do that. I think I'm in the need for catharsis. Uh, yeah, sure. Are you sure you'll be alright, Masami? I don't want to push you to some great task that's going to be difficult for you. The old man has it coming, alright? That, and I didn't finish the job beforehand. If you're certain. I don't want to be around him any longer than any of you. But he's too big of a threat, and I'm done running. That's fair. Plus, he's injured. Which means that it might be a bit easier to deal with him. Right. The longer we wait, the more he has time to heal. So we should do this now. Alright. So, you guys want to make your way down to the crater? Yeah. Okay. You follow um, Kader, telling her exactly where you want to go, and she agrees to tell you. And you make your way down to uh, kind of like the north edge of the island, and uh, she explains why it's called the crater. And she says, um, when Sindar was first creating this place, he wanted to make it into a self-sustaining island, which meant that it would have all the natural resources to keep it alive on its own. However, the one problem he was having difficulty with was a fresh source of water. He started by uh, scooping up some of the sea, but unfortunately that sea became stagnant quite quickly and evolved into a bog. This was displeasing to Master Sindara, who used his magic to empty it out elsewhere. All that remains now is the crater where the lake that turned into a bog once was. But as you get close to it and you overlook this giant crater, um, it's essentially an emptied out lake, right? Hmm. But there are these pillars and rock formations, and as you kind of skid your way down, there's an evil feeling here. And Masami, immediately you can tell that you're not alone. 
they are at attention. They are hyper aware of every single noise and surrounding. It's very quiet. Kader stands waiting for you all to go in. How are you guys all doing? What, what, what are you doing presently? Um, I think Sanku is sort of fiddling with his staff, making sure that our, all, that all of the little uh, spell slot like bubbles are in the right space and everything is right. Um, and he keeps glancing at Masami. <laughs> um, Masami is focused right now. They have their ears open. Their cons- their eyes are constantly wandering from side to side to s- just for the slightest bit of movements. And they have their hand on the head taker katana. Not their usual joke, though. Mm-hmm. The head taker. Damn. They want to finish the job. Woof. Honestly. Jeez. Uh, Chuji's just kind of on their toes. Uh, ready to be where they need to be, honestly. I think, Chuji, you see one first. And it's obvious that they're letting you see them. Mm-hmm. A man dressed entirely in black, wearing the mask of an oni. He's standing uh, behind a pillar of rock, and he vanishes just as quickly as you see him. Watch out. They're starting to play around. They're just trying to get you afraid. To steal your resolve... As long as we're together, we'll be fine. Thank you, you see two of them. And they're very close by. And they both vanish behind the one rock, which is too tin to hide two people. Hmm. It's fine. We've beaten Scarier. Masami, is that true for you? Have you beaten Scarier? <laughs> for Masami, they don't really know. They're not sure if they have beaten Scarier because the scarier things that they have faced have been things that have either that they've either escaped from or were able to avoid. Like the day Sanku lost his arm or the kaiju. But they don't really say that. They're just thinking of the fact that with the three of them together, they were at least able to incapacitate Genhara. And while they didn't finish the job, that was at least enough to vindicate the fact that they are strong. They can do this, but they just have to play their cards right. Right now they're going for the the scare tactics, so they just have to act, or at least make sure that they don't show any visible signs of it affecting them. This becomes a real challenge, Masami, when you've walked a certain distance and realized that you are all completely surrounded. Ninjas. Dozens. To your left, to your right, up above, behind you. They're everywhere. And they all just watch, hands on their weapons. All of them look identical. They wear black, um, black robes that cover every scrap of skin. They carry their weapons, katanas, nodachi, uh, everything, you know? Mm. And each of them wears that haunting mask. Have you guys ever seen Onibaba? Um, I think so. It's a Japanese movie uh, from the 1960s about a woman who comes across a mask, uh, which she uses to... It's the mask of an oni. 
Oh, you showed us like a fucking gift from it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She wants to scare her her daughter-in-law who uh, has recently lost her husband into staying instead of leaving for another man. Mm-hmm. But when she puts on the mask, she can't take it off anymore. Each of them is wearing this horrid white mask with long horns and long, dark, shaggy hair and a a face that looks, when tilted forwards, it looks furious. But when tilted backwards, it looks agonizingly sad. And no matter what angle you look at it from, it's dreadfully inhuman. And that's when she walks out. It's not Genhara the Blackwinged. Somehow it's even worse. It's an elf. Although, Masami, you know she's not an elf. Because you recognize her. How can you forget? Minako Torigoshi, the many-tailed. As she walks out, she has her long black hair tied into a bun. She's slender, wearing a black kimono with red trimming. She has knives. And her eyes are a piercing red. She bows a little bit as uh, you come out and she smiles and says, Well, well, well. When Master Ginhara told me that the fox child was still alive, I was delighted. It's good to see you again, Reiko. My, how you've grown. And nine of them? Oh, you shouldn't have. That's so many. I will... Have a field day with this. And when she steps forward, she is no longer an elf. She's a kitsune. But not a normal kitsune. She is a tiefling. Specifically, she is of Velstrak descent. And the Velstrak are a type of fiend that uh, delight in torture and fle- like flensing. And you guys ever see the Cenobites from Hellraiser? <laughs> oh. She's descended from one of those guys, basically. Oh, I see. She has piercing red eyes with no pupils. Her fur is white, transitioning into a bloody red on her extremities. Her head, neck, and spine sport white bony spikes. And behind her, you see why she's called the many-tailed. Because she has a dozen mismatched kitsune tails of varying colors and length. Oh. Some are brown. Some are orange, some are black, some are white. None of them belong to her. Masami, you remember Minako. She was your boogeyman as a child. Minako doesn't have any tales of her own. Some ancestral deal with a Velstrak has left her stripped of innate magic and the ability to grow kitsune tales. But that never stopped her from gaining them. Because she is a practitioner of a terrible art, necrografting. Those tales are her trophies. Because Kitsune are her favorite target. As she brandishes a sickle, she smiles and says, So, you've come here looking for the conch of the deep shells, correct? How many do you have now, Radiant Winds? Six? Five? Masami doesn't answer. Plague's not answering a thing. They don't have a readable expression right now. Their hair is kind of covering most of their face. Hmm. You two, 
Uh, which prince and she was it? Chuji. All right, Chuji. You don't need to get in the way of this. You know, if you leave, I won't send anyone after you. I'm only really interested in the traitor here. Genhara's orders. He's not even that upset about you ruining his attack on Goka, Master Chuji. Nor is he terribly upset by your uh, saving of your friend's lives, Master Witch Prince. No, he only wants the kitsune. And I want the kitsune. So if you leave, I won't have to cut you. She smiles pleasantly. I'm sure that if we leave, that Masami here is going to kick her ass just as good. Um, but, like, shit, we're ever going to abandon them, dumbass. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Charming. I don't care. Masami is my best friend. You all admire Reiko here? I admire Masami. Hmm. Then perhaps you should take a cue from them. Can you smell that? Fear. Reiko here is pissing their pants terrified. Isn't that right, Reiko? You know who I am. You know why I'm here. And you know that Oni's mask don't take prisoners. <laughs> really? You think I'm afraid of someone who can't make their own tales? Someone who has to take power from other people just to feel something? I was afraid of you as a child. I'm not that child. And you will see. I'll roll your head to Genhara, and I'll love every second of it. <laughs> oh, keep talking back to me, Reiko. I'll pluck every single tail from your body. None of them belong to you. <sighs> Wonderful. Master Genhara was quite upset by your little encounter back in Goka. Good. He will be most pleased when I deliver... What is it? Your nine tails? Nine, really? Oh, to see a child come so far, how delightful. He will be delighted to have a scarf made of your tails. <laughs> Go ahead and try it. She kind of raises a hand and says, Last chance, Chuji and Witch Prince. Run, I beg of you. I think you should be saying that to yourself. I'm not leaving. And Sami's gonna kick your ass. I'm just here to help. You wanna dunk on her, Chuji? Flips her off. <laughs> I think uh, Minako, the many-tailed, she just kind of grins and her teeth are blood red. Oh, wonderful. <sighs> you know, I do hate to ruin a pretty face. They fetch such a nice price on the market, you know. And with a flurry, this lieutenant of Oni's mask flicks her sickle and charges forward. And so too do the darting shadows of Oni's mask surrounding you on all sides, ready to pull you under in the name of Genhara.
This episode of Dice Will Roll would not have been possible without the support of our patrons. Nick Roberts, Phoebe Jeebies, Daisy Gilliam, Lux Rexus, Rag, Baron Stormcrow, Sam Stryker, Tony Saunders, Mita, Arave, Varia and the Girls, GP Dora, Marshmallowberry, Eric Falcon, Luis Loza, Ares, Alexander Criswell, Mae Cohen, Skyly, Kendra West, Genuinely Tricked, Transgirl Trish, Platonic, Bal Punyon, Giant Catman, Matthew Wilson Krasovich, Tillon Shark, Glitch HD, Jace Snooks, Zenith Drums, Torbjorn, Sophia Varlera, G Barbera, Luke, Gideon, Sarah B, Seth, Ravona Darkglow, Kira, Lichloke, Gizmo, Taliesin, Cass, Fable McElduff, Ava, Chris Lutman, Renfi Bright, Lonesome Chunk, Steph, Sean C, Natasha Lomley, Rhiannon C, Ellie, Jenna Mitchell, Kane Kendrick, Sky Evangeline, Triceratops, Anna Maria, Jordan, Cynical Spinstress, Emily Moderna, John DeBoquarter, SSX Seeker, and Dame Valerie the Turd. If you'd like to see what you can get for helping us keep it rolling, check out patreon.com slash dice roll today! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.